Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with his special guest. I tease this person. He's big time, but he still comes back and talks to me, so I appreciate it. Thanks, Spencer, for coming back. Let's do it. Episode two. There you go. So what I want to talk about here, we just really pushed. We gave advice. We suggested more and more people look at house hacking as a way to get started. Uh, but let's also have a real honest discussion about good and bad. And I usually start these with the bad. Let's let's talk about the lessons learned and kind of the negative side, and then we'll finish on the positive side. What do you yeah, got? I'll feed everyone's uh, presuppositions about house hacking, which is bad roommates. And I've certainly had a few. I'm very fortunate now that I can buy in a nicer area, which does attract a little bit more of a quality tenant. Mm-hmm. I have had, I've seen a major reduction in issues. However, <laughs> when you're first starting, sometimes you can't afford a nicer house and you need to start in an area that you can't afford, which mm-hmm. sometimes brings about not great tenants. I ran into an issue where I had no money. And I hope those who are trying this house hacking, when you do have money or at least have the ability to fix problems, maybe not be desperate for tenants, you'll have a lot better experience. Unfortunately, I was going through a tough time with flips going wrong. And I ended up having to fix up that house, the house hack, my first house hack, $31,000 sewage problem. Mm. A, a, an attempt, I, I was thinking $30,000 of renovation that I wanted to make it nicer and more appealing yeah. turned into 140,000. So I lost my money twice. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So the flips were the first part. Part two was I lost all my money on the house I was living in. So at the time, then, then the uh, health events strikes and I was desperate for a tenant. I couldn't really find anyone because the house was under renovation. So I found sure. someone that was a riskier tenant, let's say. And uh, anyway, so I've dealt with all the headaches. I still am push this strategy because I think it's still worth it. However, yes, there will be times when you might run into issues. And like anything, you figure out here's a problem. Let me create a solution to not let it happen again. Right. Yeah. The whole idea. And again, one of the, I actually, I'm opening an office and one of the things that's going around on the front of the seven rules of ORET. And I think number five is bad things will happen. Learn and move on. You've probably had te- bad tenants. I mean, uh, if you probably. To, yeah. I mean, if you get to 100, 200, 300 units, like you, yeah. it just grows with you. You're going to have yeah. uh, 1%, 5%, something bad tenants just happens. Yeah. So let's just have an honest discussion. So over the years, I've had thousands of tenants, right? We're talking 21 yeah. years now. I've had five horror stories. Like, like the things you hear about five out of thousands of tenants. And here's the deal. And I was actually going to ask you this question. One of the things that I've learned is the, what really helps me eliminate this. And this actually helped me during the, this crisis we went through, right? Cause I had a big fear of February of nine, February of 20, like, holy shit, 200 units. What happens if half don't pay? Right. I have a bunch of cash flow. I retired. I'm good, but half, I don't know. Right. How Hard long can I go? Yeah. It's like, Half's a problem, folks. Uh, and lo and behold, we, we did a whole full audit. We looked at the risky tenants. We found 20. Thankfully, only two or three had problems. But my rent collection the whole time was 1% of average because of this thing, because we had a tight tenant selection, right? We have tenant criteria that if you miss one of those things, it's an automatic no. And everybody is treated the same. There's no specials. There's no back thing. So what I wanted to ask you, now that you've been doing this for a couple of years and have 17 tenants, how tight is your criteria for getting a yes answer for somebody living in your house? Very little. 
And oh. here's, I'm actually going to provide a different insight that cool. most landlords will not agree with. However, I'm going to say it. Sure. I actually don't, I don't do background checks. I don't do credit checks. I don't think any of that matters. I think really? with the okay. house hack model, mm -hmm. it actually differs. You don't know. And here's the risk. I'll be fully, fully transparent yeah. about the risk with this model. And that is obviously bad roommates. So then the question becomes, how do you find great roommates? I don't think there's any correlation between credit checks and background checks, because what you, what matters most is someone moving into the house and getting along with strangers. Sure. I don't know of a single way to evaluate that unless they're coming from a previous similar situation. That's so, a good point. So yes, I do. I do look for references. Like I, I do now care about, you know, what was your current living situation? Because I had one that got kicked out and I should have dug a little deeper as to why became a bad tenant, as you can imagine. Um, so yes, referrals from a previous living situation. And I do look for employment. That's a big one. I feel, look, if they're working at Walmart or some big brand, or they've got like a nice company that they work for, they've mm -hmm. already done background checks. If they've maintained employment for six months, I'm not going to find anything that they didn't find. And then I just evaluate you when you show up. I say, these are the clear rules. Um, so actually, I'll kind of go into my system. Please. So I have a house rules document that I share. And I make it very clear what I my expectations of the people that move in. Thankfully, the biggest leverage on my side, and the reason why I could be a little more lenient, is the rental demand market right now is insane in Vegas. I'm telling you, like this is why this is a gold rush. It is insane. I have, for the next house, I already have three of the rooms basically full. And I haven't even done... Uh, I haven't even put in the furniture and taken pictures and listed it. Mm. I could probably have five if I wait another week or two. Anyway, the rental demand is insane. And so a lot of people are looking at my house. I provide a nice house. I furnish it. I include all utilities. It's in incredibly easy to move right in. Mm. I don't do two months of rent. I don't do, I typically don't do deposit. I don't, I'm not a fan of all that stuff, but anyway, I just have them. Here's your price to move in. It's first mm -hmm. month rent. And uh, I make it really easy on people. I charge a little below market. And I never raise rents. I will never raise rents on anyone. Mm. And so with that said, I have a lot of leverage because people, I provide a lot of value in the sense that they look at the market and say, okay, I just spent weeks trying to find a place. It was tough to get approved. Maybe I don't have enough cash. Cause look, I am living with people that are moving into a place with five or six other people. Right. I can't expect the perfect tenant right. on paper. And so anyway, um, so they're looking at the market and seeing mm. their other options. And then they see my option to live. This is a half million dollar house that I'm in. This is a very nice house. Even, you know, even uh, even people who live in nicer houses would probably still stop by and go, wow, you, you did a great job, Spencer. So I'm offering a great living a situation in a nice, stable, secure neighborhood with no riffraff. And so for $750 a month or for a master, maybe $1,000 a month, you can move in, never have rent raised, live mm -hmm. in a safe environment. So I feel like that what I offer brings in a certain type of person and then I make the rules clear. And mm -hmm. so when they move in, it's you kind of train them in a way. That's pretty cool. So I guess, so first and foremost, you're absolutely right, right? I get I, I the whole traditional month to month year lease. It's a different criteria, right? So that, that makes perfect sense to me. Um, I got to imagine. So what percentage get a yes answer? Because again, you, you, you advertise a room in this house in a great part of town. I got to imagine you get dozens of requests a day. What, what's the ratio? Is it like one out of 10 get yes answers or any? It idea? gets overwhelming for sure. Um, yeah. I post and then I have certain qualification questions that okay. I ask that I, I guess at this point, maybe I'm a little tuned in. I look at pictures too. You know, if they have a kid, I need to ask if they have a kid or if they're looking for a room for multiple people, that's sure. obviously not a good fit because I have so many people here. So there's a, usually like a few disqualifiers I hit before I even show them the house. Typically when I show them the house, it's 100% approval. Like when they come see it, they want it. I do a simple check. Let me get referrals. Let me get your, let me yeah. talk to someone you work for to confirm employment. Cool. And that's it. 
Okay, very, very cool. Look, the here's here's the risk. Like it is a coin flip in some regards. There, yeah. there's like there's no like green light to this tenant and red light that green light, okay, let me approve them. So, you know, if if they show up and they seem fine and they yeah. look like they take care of themselves, they've had steady employment. So I guess one of the questions I've always wanted to ask somebody who's done this now is 17, probably had 50 some over the years. What kind of person looks to rent a room in a nice house? What, what, what's the situation? Are they moving to town or what's going on? I'll give you my current house. One divorce, okay. two just moved here to Vegas and needed something. You know, my yeah. job moved me here. I'm here. Uh, one was self-employed and was moving back to town. And then the other was currently employed, was living in a situation, like living with a friend, but I think the friend got a girlfriend and was just kind of ready to live alone or something. So then they, so not like urgent, but this person was looking for a new house. So I think that's generally who I find. Do do you see, given that model, it sounds like at least a couple of those might be there for a year or less. It sounds like turnover might be high. Surprisingly, no. So I do month to month to protect me. Since the health event, I didn't want to deal with uh, uh, evictions. Yeah. So here in Vegas, you can do no, what do you call it? No, no fault evictions, no fault eviction. Yeah. You just do th- terminate the lease 30 days yep. or whatever. And so I make that clear too, that I do month to month from the start. If it doesn't work out, like I can terminate the lease at any point. Uh, let's see. What was the question again? Uh, basically um, turnover. Oh, turnover. Yeah. Uh, I find that a lot of people stay a long time because I never raise rent. And because if they were to leave this house, they're going to go to a place that's probably, it's going to be really challenging to find another place Got it. So here in Vegas. You don't have many people that are single that have multiple friends that are all looking for this at the same time for the same type of place in the same rent bracket. Got it. Right. In order to live with each other, the rent now for living alone is, is enough that they'll justify living with others. It's like, it's good enough. I'm good. Yeah. They might have to, and the people I get, a lot of times there are some financial struggles that I have to work with them a little bit. And the difference between say 750 a month in my house and maybe living alone at 1200, that 450, $500 a month is, is backbreaking to a lot of people. So they'll still live for 750 a month while they get their financial situation handled. Very cool. So the other thing you said that I want to poke at a little bit is you said you never raise rents. Correct. Uh, so it sounds like you never raise rents as the people that move in. Cool. But I'm curious if someone left and a new person came in, would you at least reset rent then? I do. Or- yes. Okay. Yeah. So my strategy with this, number one, I make a lot of money from this and I never want to feel like I'm taking advantage of people and charging rent and being that type of landlord, which mm-hmm. I'm not judging. I just, I, not here's you. what I want. I want super low headache. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So how do I get super low headache? I want people to enjoy living in my houses. And one of the ways to make them happy such that they follow the rules, don't give me any headaches, is make sure they enjoy living there. And one way to do that is to never raise rent. I'm not a big fan of the (laughs) raising like $20 a a month, like after a year. I'm not a big fan of that model, especially for people that are tight on finances, which a lot of my tenants are. Okay. I like it. So for me, I I feel like I'm going to make my money long-term. I make plenty of it. I make plenty of money on YouTube. I'm not I just want houses that bring in stable cash flow. That's easy. So how do you make it easy? If a tenant moves in and they follow the rules, I want to keep them as best as possible. Very cool. Uh, any chance you could share with me that house rule document? I'd love to check that out. That yes, I can. Show? And you'll, you'll find it funny because it's, it's two pages, a front and a back. And most of them came about from something happening. <laughs> <laughs> Bad things happen. You learn and move on. I've said yeah, that's like rule number five. Don't flush anything down the toilet that's not human feast uh, waste Uh, don't don't put oil down the drain you idiots (laughs) oh yeah stuff happens stuff happens well man uh so that's that's kind of bad let's talk about the good now so that was good let's talk about good stuff i had one one big good thing and that is this can become systematized which i'm a big Uh, fan of so that's what i'm trying to focus on with this next one is i want to create 
a very clear streamlined process A to Z when I buy the next property. What is first thing? Little things like make sure the previous owners change their mail. Like, I don't want to deal with your mail coming to my house. Yeah. Uh, make sure you change the utilities. These are simple. After you buy enough, you, you get in the habit, but your first time you're nervous and you don't know to, how to do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So uh, get the right furniture in, hire the designer, make sure all the paints touch up, make everything, make sure everything works. Like they're a very clear process to, uh, to, to buying these so that I can buy more in the future. And the energy required to get it up and running mm -hmm. will be a lot less. Got and that's it. something I have to deal with now with YouTube. I'm a one-man show. I do everything myself. And so right. I have this thing going with YouTube in that I want the real estate side to be as low energy as possible. Very, very Systematizing cool. it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. The other thing I'll put out there, but you can correct me if I'm wrong, is again, I think house hacking, when you do it, it's, it's a lot easier than people expect. I think people look at it like, oh my God, oh my God. But once you're in it, it's really not that bad. It's like most things. You'll take a few punches. You realize that it, it's not going to end you. You're not going to die. You get up. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're okay. You'll bounce back. And uh, I found that if you, you'll get a general sense of who people are when they show up. I've had, I've had people show up and I just said, oh, you know, you know, other people are looking and I, I've had to reject them. They just didn't strike me, maybe possible drug use. You know, they just didn't strike me as someone that I'd want to live amongst other people. Um, but you get a little finely tuned on what you're looking for. And then at some point, most of the people, they all go to the rooms, spend all day yeah. in the rooms. They actually don't really interact with each other. And then they become friends and they might go yeah. out to dinner with each other. And then it's like, oh, wow, you actually created like a little community. That's as long cool. as you treat people with respect, you're nice to them. You give them a good place to live. I found that, you know, they're all, they all get along. I guess one question I just popped in my head that I didn't know about. Do you keep it all the same sex, like all men, all women, or? I'm open know. to both. Okay. I have found, uh, I do like to have women have their own bathroom if possible. Sometimes it's not as easy because when you have five or six bedrooms to fill, I go first come first serve. Like if yeah. I find a good tenant and then what, you know, go for it. And then if the last one is a woman and she's got to share the bathroom, not ideal, but yeah, but you communicate. Have, yeah. Yeah. It's not that much of a problem. Okay. I haven't found it. There's good, Yeah. There's going to be a, a few things that, that pop up. Like some, some women like to, or tend to be a little more cleanly and, you know, so-and-so shaved and didn't clean up like little things. This stuff happens with house hacking, but yeah. Very cool. um, I've been, I've, I've seen enough of, kind of different variations that sharing bathroom isn't as big of a deal as many people believe. Very cool. So again, the other good thing about house hacking is you don't have to do it forever, right? You've been Correct. doing this since 2019. If you wanted now, you know, even without YouTube, now you're at a point where, you know what, your finances to a point where maybe the next one you could live alone. Uh, Correct. You don't have to, but certainly in, in the span of eight to 10 years, right? You're only three or four years in, you could yeah. put the systems in place where ultimately you could have your own place. Is that fair yeah. to say? Yeah, minor correction. I've actually been doing it since September of 2016. Oh, I'm sorry. I bought a okay. condo. It, it was oh, just a yeah. single condo house hack. So not quite what I do now. I go way more extreme. So technically I've, I've done the roommate thing for a while. Okay. Can I do this forever? I think the, the rebuttal to that would be to create a property management for this mm, model because I've go. actually met a few people in Las Vegas who are maybe see the YouTube video or they saw one of my things about house hacking. They want to do it and maybe they don't, they either don't want to do it themselves, meaning they want to do rent by room, but don't want to do the owner occupied rent by room. And so they come to me asking what are solutions? Well, if I have a property management company, then all of a sudden maybe I can manage that model oh. and possibly manage my own model. So I buy a five bed house and have my company property manager manage it. That is something I've been strongly considering. Well, I'll, I'll just tell you right now, I never, I, you, you put it out there 30 seconds ago. That, that could be an income stream for you on par with what you're doing on YouTube. It is a I think model. So too. There are a lot of people in my situation, you know, 50 years old, not doing it, but I have a lot of capital that's like, 
I'd love to be in Vegas, but I can't make the le the yearly lease, monthly work. But hey, I can go buy a half a million dollar house right above FHA limits like you. Love to do it. And then the beauty for a property manager like you is you can charge almost anything you want. It doesn't have to be the 10%. You probably should charge more because there's more people, more management. Uh, there's a huge business. And again, you don't have to do anything. You just be the man at the top, people below. Uh, the reason why I'm strongly considering this is I have a friend that actually goes to a more extreme than I do. He had an eight bed house, a five bed that he converted to eight bed. Oh my God. It was big, like 4,000 square feet, big enough, nice part of town and a casita on the property. So he had eight plus a casita. He was making 7,600 per month on a 475 purchase. Wild, yeah, isn't it? A little bit of cash flow there. Yeah, that, that one that one I would not recommend going the extreme. But to give you an idea, there's a house on the market right down the street, 625 way overpriced. Let's say you get it at 575. I could convert into a six, six bed and get 4,600 a month in rent. On third, you'll like this, property taxes are only about 3,300 for this area. Wow. Insurance, maybe 1,500 a year. Yeah, it's crazy. Number, the number, and you get appreciation and principal pay down. It's it's yeah, you, uh, you, I'm going to put it right here on record on this channel for the first time. You will have a property management company in 90 days or less because a lot of people are going to see this and reach out to you. Uh, how possible. do you want them to reach out? I mean, because again, I, I, my channel is pretty big. They got a lot of real estate, you know, people that have big money. How do you want to reach out? Because I bet some well, people wanted to do this now. First, I don't have a skill to starting a company. That's not a skill I have in hiring. I've never had to hire. So I'm even open to like possibly business partner or something. It's the models there. I run a huge meetup. So the, the demand is there where I could, I could certainly find clients right away. Spencer zero Cornelia at gmail.com is my email or Instagram. Spencer Cornelia one is my IG. Yeah. I'm open to anything. I'm definitely down. I just, I'm so booked with, with YouTube that I've had, I don't have time to do this stuff, but I am hundred percent open to it. I've got two buddies that rent by the room and between us. Now we're probably closing in on 50, 50 tenants or 50 rooms, 50 tenants. So it's there. We've been considering it. No, there, there is something there. And um, yeah, yeah, it's going to happen this year. Very cool. Well, Spencer, thank you very much for this. We will have episode number three shortly. Thanks, bud. Thank you. Mm -hmm.